Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Charles Bradley. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get a bonus podcast over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. If you are looking for ways to support the show, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you there's a million ways to support the show over there some of them cost money some of them are free one way that is free that supports the show is by using my amazon affiliate link i know you're going to be buying a bunch of stuff for the holidays so if you're buying it from amazon and you use my amazon affiliate link that directly supports the show thank you to everyone who already does that you guys are awesome and i hope you have great holidays uh, along with all of the shopping that you're going to be doing. Before we get started on today's episode, I just want to give you all a heads up about Saturday. I have to go to a conference, which is a long way away on Saturday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, record a podcast that day. Now, if I can, I certainly will, but it won't be until late. Um, If not, I may try and record something Friday night. Uh, but that's kind of tough to do because I'm recording stuff right now. So there is a chance that we won't have three episodes this week. And if that happens, I'm very sorry. Uh, if I can't get to it, son, um, I'm sorry, Saturday and I can't get to it Friday. If there's something really good to talk about, I may be able to squeeze it in on Sunday, but that's usually a day that I don't, uh, record. So, uh, time will tell. Uh, Thank you all for understanding, and now it's time to jump in to the news, because we've got some pretty big stuff to talk about. If there's one thing that you can say about Nintendo, it's that they focus on making games fun. If there's two things that you can say about Nintendo, is that they fervently, I think that's a word, they go after their copyright. The things that they copyright, they make sure that they are the ones that use them. A few years back, Nintendo made the Nintendo Creators Program, which was kind of like a a network for Nintendo creators. It got a lot of backlash when it first came out. The basics of it were that you would submit a video that had Nintendo copyrighted material in it. You would submit that to the NCP, Nintendo Creators Program. They would put ads on it they would take most of the ad revenue and then they would give you, I would say, a pittance of that, even though you did most of the work. They're also very litigious. They go after anyone that goes after their copyright. Let's talk about just the things that happened this year. Nintendo uh, took down emulation websites like, I think it was We Love ROMs, hit them with a $12 million lawsuit. They recently just had copyright strikes put on 
uh, multiple copyright strikes put on a uh, a few different YouTube channels because they leaked the Smash Brothers music early. I'm telling you all of this because it it kind of sets up why I am so surprised about what just happened. I just got an email from Nintendo and it said, important announcement, dear Nintendo creator, we want to share some news with you. We are ending the Nintendo creators program. Okay, so first when I read that, I was like, oh man, they're going to make it impossible for anybody to use any kind of video from Nintendo or audio from Nintendo on YouTube. This is a disaster. But then I kept reading. We are ending the Nintendo creators program to make it easier for you to make and monetize videos that contain Nintendo game content. We will no longer ask you to submit your videos to NCP, and you can continue showing your passion for Nintendo as long as you adhere to Nintendo's guidelines, which are located at this URL. So I clicked on that URL. Here's what it says. We are humbled every day by your loyalty and passion for Nintendo games, characters, and worlds, and respect that you want to be able to express yourself creatively by sharing your own original videos and images using content from our games. As long as you follow some basic rules, we will not object to your use of gameplay footage and or screenshots captured from Nintendo games for which Nintendo owns copyright. In the content you create for appropriate video and image sharing sites. To help guide you, we prepared the following guidelines. Okay, so this is basically saying, look, as long as you're not doing something offensive, you're going to be able to use our stuff in your videos. Here's what, here's what they said. This is the very first bullet point here, and this is probably the most important one. You may monetize your videos and channels using the monetization methods separately specified by Nintendo. Other forms of monetization of our intellectual property for commercial purposes are not permitted. That is a very weird um, little sentence there, and we're going to get back to that. We encourage you to create videos that include your creative input and commentary. Videos and images that contain mere copies of Nintendo game content without creative input or commentary are not permitted. So basically, you can't just sit there and play the game without saying anything. You have to talk about it. You may, however, post gameplay videos and screenshots using Nintendo's system features, such as the capture button on the Nintendo Switch, without additional input or commentary. So they're saying, look, you can go ahead and uh, you know play the game and if you want to just share a quick video from the, the capture button, that's cool. Well, it damn well better be you put the button on the system. All right. The next uh, bullet says, You are only permitted to use Nintendo game content that has been officially released or from promotional materials officially released by Nintendo, such as product trailers or Nintendo Directs. Uh, there's been quite a few times where I have done a live reaction to a Nintendo Direct, and that has, of course, been claimed by Nintendo immediately, and I don't get any um, any revenue from that. Um, if you want to use the intellectual party of a property of a third party, you are responsible for obtaining any necessary third-party permissions. Yeah, all right. Well, third parties usually don't really care because they understand that these are basically advertisements for your games. And it's really nice to have Nintendo 
understand that too. Uh, you are not permitted to imply or state that your videos are officially uh, affiliated or sponsored by Nintendo. We reserve the right to remove any content we believe is unlawful, infringing, inappropriate, or not in line in line with these guidelines. All right. So this is huge. This is a major shift in what Nintendo uh, allows people to do. Before, they would claim it, you would get nothing. Or if you were part of the NCP, they would claim it and you would get almost nothing. Uh, let's look at their FAQ. The most important one is question four. It says, what exactly are the monetization methods separately specified by Nintendo as referred to in the guidelines? Here's their answer. Currently, the monetization methods separately specified by Nintendo include the following. Facebook, Facebook Gaming Creators, Facebook Level Up Program, uh, Nico Nico uh, Live, Open Rec TV, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. So as long as you are making money on one of these platforms, then you're okay you can monetize your videos. This is really, really cool. This is absolutely huge. I'm very excited about this. I, I wonder if it has something to do with Mr. Furukawa being so much younger than the than the previous top brass at Nintendo. I mean, it's it's not like Mr. Iwata was really old, but Mr. Furukawa is very, very young compared to Mr. Iwata. And Mr. Kimishima, he is he he's part of the old guard. So maybe Mr. Furukawa coming in, he's saying, "Look, I understand that these videos that we are kind of stifling are basically advertisements for our games." There have been many people who have come to me after watching something that I've posted on YouTube, on Twitch, or talked about on the podcast, and they've said. The only reason I bought this game is because I saw it on your stuff. Like, Nintendo finally understands this. And this is really great. So there are there's more to the FAQ. I'm not going to go through everything. Uh, I, I've hit the most important one. That's question four. I will leave a link in the in the uh, down below or in the show notes so that you can check this out for yourself. But this is a huge turnaround from Nintendo, and I really want to know what you guys think about this. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. If you are listening to it on the podcast, make sure that you uh, email me, uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUNJUMP. Uh, get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp or join our community Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. This is really big news. Let me know what you think. You've been back to the future of the movies. Now go there on your NES. So a few episodes back, I told you about the uh, Game Informer editor spilling the beans that there was a new Zelda coming soon, uh, sooner than we thought anyway. And then an episode or two after that, I talked about how Mr. Aonuma got up on stage at the Zelda Music Festival in Japan and asked everybody if they thought that Skyward Sword for the Nintendo Switch was a good idea. And then I, you know, I, I kind of dissected and, and talked about why that would be good or why that would be bad. But 
I think everybody pretty much agreed that it wasn't a rumor that it was coming to the Switch. It was definitely happening because Mr. Aonuma, the game dire- uh, no, the game producer of Breath of the Wild, he's the guy that got up on, on stage and, and asked, do you guys want Skyward Sword on the Switch? And people cheered. And you would think a very, very conservative company like Nintendo... Like, you would think that they wouldn't let him get up there and get all that hype going if it wasn't going to happen. But Nintendo spoke to somebody at Eurogamer, and they were they were specifically asked, are you guys actually working on Skyward Sword HD or Skyward Sword for the Switch? And the the response was, at this time... We have no plans to release The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword on Nintendo Switch. So, I think that that took a lot of wind out of people's sails. There's a lot of people who were really excited for that idea. I was kind of in the middle. I was neither excited nor disappointed. I was crossing my fingers that they would fix the things that I didn't really like about it, although I wasn't really hopeful that that would happen. And now we have news that it's not happening. But do we believe them? Like, we've seen this before where a game company will say, oh, we're, we're not working on that. And then, bam, it happens. It, it just, in, just recently, this happened. Just recently, Blizzard said, hey, we are working on... Or no, um, they were asked straight up, are you working on Diablo 3 for the Nintendo Switch? And I believe what they said was, we have no plans to release a Diablo 3 port for the Nintendo Switch at this time. And then, like, less than a couple of months later, bam, they announced Diablo 3. So, like, it, it's hard to believe these companies when they say, "I we have no plans to do this at this time. Because a lot of times they're just full of malarkey about that. Like, they are straight up lying to our faces. And I don't think there's anything malicious about it. But they lie to us so that they can surprise us at a later date. I don't really understand the reasoning. But the idea that Nintendo would allow Mr. Aonuma to get up on stage and and ask that to the crowd, only to then shoot everything down afterwards, that just seems like a bad idea. And I'm very, very confused. I'm not sure if, like, perhaps he didn't clear it with anybody first. Perhaps he was just trying to get people excited so he could go back to um, his bosses at Nintendo and say, see, people want this. Let's go ahead and give this to them. They had already done some development of Skyward Sword, uh, an HD version, when they were working on um, the... uh, on Breath of the Wild. Uh, I read an article about that just the other day. So I, I'm not sure how I feel about this story. I'm not sure if I, if I believe that Nintendo actually has no plans to release Zelda Skyward Sword on the Switch at this time. Somebody mentioned, well, maybe they're trying to, uh, they're going to release it on the 3DS, which, God, like you can't. You can't release it on the 3DS unless you take all motion control out, which a lot of people would be really happy about removing all motion control. And before you write your emails 
Uh, yes, I know the, the 3DS has a gyroscope in it, okay? But, like, it's not separate. You can't do a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. Um, so I, I understand that. But I can't imagine them porting that game to the 3DS. I know that they've recently been porting games to the 3DS, and we, we have other Zelda games on the 3DS that we didn't think that we would ever have. But I don't, I don't see that as a viable option. Not unless it's coming to both platforms. Because porting that for the 3DS, I don't think that that is something that would make them a whole lot of money. I don't think it would be worth the time investment to remap all of the controls to put the game on a... And here's where people are going to get mad at me. A dying system. The 3DS is on its way out. It's slowly getting less and less support. Uh, Fisto in chat says you can use the swipe method like what origami, not origami, like what Okami adapted. It could work on the switch too. I could, I could see that, but I don't think it's worth the time investment. So I don't know. I, I, I look at this story and I feel like Nintendo is, uh, you know, baiting us a little bit. I think that they are trolling us just a little bit. And, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I still think that we could see Skyward Sword come to the Switch. Um, and I think that Nintendo just doesn't want anything to get in the way of their messaging before Smash comes out. I could be wrong about this, and most likely I am. But that's just what I'm guessing. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think Nintendo saying this is a definitive, hey, we're not going to get it? Or do you think that they are just trying to control their messaging? If if you do think it's coming, well, whether you think it's coming to the Switch or not, is it something that you would be interested in? Um, would you play it on the 3DS? There's all of those questions. There's a lot of ways that you can a answer those. If you're watching the podcast here on YouTube, then you can just comment down below. If you are um, listening to it, all the ways that you usually get a hold of me through email or uh, voicemail or whatever, you can get a hold of me that way. Uh, let me know what you guys think, because I am very interested in uh, your opinions on this. It's, it's such a weird confluence of events. I don't know why Nintendo would do that. I really like to read books about the video game history. Uh, so, so far I've, and, and this is a new thing for me. I've never really gotten into nonfiction before, but uh, I've recently read, uh, well, not recently. I, I read a while ago, Console Wars by Blake J. Harris. Uh, I finished recently the Complete History of Video Games. I think that's the name of it by... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm looking it up right now. It's almost there. I'm opening up my uh, phone app here. Uh, I don't care about badges. Thank you, Audible. Uh, the The Ultimate History of Video Games by Stephen L. Kent. I'm currently reading Jason Schreer's uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And I think my favorite so far of these was Console Wars by Blake J. Harris. And... If you haven't read it, it really it doesn't follow Nintendo nearly as closely as it does Sega because it's really about how Sega was trying to come up in the era where Nintendo just owned everything. Nintendo 
had basically rescued the gaming industry uh, as a whole. And then they were just dominating it. There was nobody else out there. And Sega came in and they were trying to uh, fight up, fight against Nintendo in order to get a place at the table. And they were successful. I mean, they were this scrappy little upstart led by Tom Kalinske. And this, the book Console Wars really follows Tom, Tom Kalinske. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I find this very cool. Uh, this, this goes to show you how, uh, how video games are completely mainstream now. Uh, beside the fact that, that it's not just for kids and nerds anymore. Now uh, there's pretty much everybody is a gamer of some kind, even if it's just playing Candy Crush on your phone. Uh, but gaming is in the popular zeitgeist these days. And there's no better evidence than the fact that there's going to be a TV show uh, based on this book that follows the life of Tom Kalinske as he starts working at Sega of America, uh, launches the uh, Genesis, uh, you know, helps to define Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, fights against Nintendo, goes up against um, Congress. Uh, or was it Senate? Yeah, it was Senate. Goes up against Senate uh, committee uh, when they were talking about stuff like Night Trap and the Super Scope. And right through until he ended up leaving the company to retire. It's a great book. And it's going to be a fantastic, it's going to be a fantastic TV show. Uh, it's by Legendary, which I don't know what other stuff they make. Uh, but... I am very, very excited to watch this. I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, there, we have very little information. This is basically just an announcement that it's getting made. And I think that it is really, really cool that there's going to be a TV show about the, the console war between Sega and Nintendo. Uh, this reminds me of... There was a TV show that I watched... I can't remember when. It was a long time ago. Uh, and it was basically about the late night wars between Letterman and Leno. It was really, really good. And I like this stuff that's based on reality. Now, I do know that there's some people who will look at this and they'll say, well, that's not the most accurate book. And while that may be true, there is some stuff that they that, that Blake J. Harris does to tell the story or to make the story better or you know, fill in the blanks with with things that may not be 100% accurate. But if that's the only thing that you can say about this, then I think it's okay. I think that there's a lot of people who went to see Bohemian Rhapsody recently, and a lot of them would look at that and they would say, well, th th this stuff didn't happen in this order to um, uh, Queen. Like, if Freddie Mercury didn't do these things in this order, the timeline's all wrong. But sometimes you have to do that in order to take a lifetime and squeeze it down into a, a couple hours for a movie. Now, uh, I definitely think that when you're looking at a book, that's a little less uh, agreeable for them to do that. 
but if you want to be able to tell the story well, even when there's gaps, like because maybe nobody really remembers this thing, um, then then of course you have to fill in the gaps with something. And even though it's not a hundred percent uh accurate, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh Fisto in chat says there used to be TV shows like that on G4 TV before they took the channel off the air. Well, but I think that this is not a documentary. This is, I believe it's a like a drama. So, like, they are reenacting stuff. They're not doing a documentary about it. They're reenacting it, if that makes sense. I could be wrong about that. And, of course, there's a loud snowmobile outside my window. Hopefully you guys enjoy the sound of that snowmobile. I'm sure, I sure, I, I sure do. Ugh, I can't talk. Anyway, what do you guys think? Are you going to watch this? I think I'm going to watch this. I asked you guys to send me your thoughts on Smash DLC characters and just whatever you, you were wondering about for the game. And I got a bunch of emails, so I'm going to go through a few of them and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at what you guys thought. So first off, Lego Law sent me an email. They said, hi, Bill. I have a topic that I would like to hear your thoughts on in the upcoming weeks. I was surprised that Nintendo never did a test or demo of online Smash Bros. for the Switch. Do you believe the the oh the headlines about Smash in December 7th will be mostly positive, or will there be major network issues that people complain about? Uh, James, thank you very much, Lego Law. I appreciate it. So... That's a great question. Uh, if you look at what Nintendo's done in the past, they've always kind of pre, uh, pre-run a test uh, on the Switch. So when we had ARMS coming out, they had the test punch. When we had Splatoon 2 coming out, they had the test sh- shoot. I don't remember what it was called. Um, There was something else that, that came out that had a... Uh, a, a a network test. Oh, uh, Dark Souls had a network test. So, like, Nintendo has been doing these network tests just to see how things are. And this time around, I mean, there's still a few days left before they can do it. Thank you, Lego Lawyer. It was tennis. Um, There's a few days left that they could squeeze it in, but usually they announce these things ahead of time. And they're not doing that with Smash, it seems. And I think that that is a huge mistake. But at the same time, I think that people are going to be getting Smash no matter what. The people who want Smash are going to get Smash no matter what. And the people who don't want Smash are not going to be convinced by the network test. So maybe that's the reason. Because people Smash is a known quantity. People know what they're getting when they get Smash. They're getting this fighting game that some people love and some people don't love. Um... So I can see why they would avoid just giving uh, giving that for spoiler reasons, I guess, maybe. I'm not sure. Do I think the headlines will be positive or will there be major network issues? Well, it all depends. If there's servers... Okay, so if you're doing 1v1, then servers don't do anything. 1v1 doesn't help anybody when you have a server. However, if you're doing like 8-player smash eight players all joining together then having servers not uh peer to peer 
is kind of a big deal. And we don't know what Nintendo is going to be doing with that. We don't know if they're going peer-to-peer. We don't know if they're going uh, with servers. And if the past is a precedent, then I'm going to guess that we'll probably see peer-to-peer, which is a problem. I don't know what their network code is like either. Perhaps they worked out their network code. But when I played Smash 4, I ran into a lot of issues where the game would grind to a halt and you'd have to wait for somebody's lag to catch up. And that was very frustrating to me. It took me out of the game and made me not want to play it online. And that is definitely not something that you want to see happen in this day and age. You want games to work online. You want them to work very, very well. So I don't know what to expect. I really hope that they have servers uh, for the characters. So if you've got eight people playing together, it's going to work. Um Fisto in chat says, I think Nintendo should invest in some servers for online play, except for peer-to-peer, especially if we are play- paying for the online play. I don't know, though. That's just me. Fisto, it's not just you. There's a lot of people that feel that way, and I'm one of them. The only thing is, when you're playing 1v1, then having a server doesn't do anything. Um, but when you're playing with a lot of people, having a server is very, very important. All right. I also got an email from Christian. Uh, They said, hey, Bill, the five characters that I want to see in Smash are Sans from Undertale, uh, Sophia from Blaster Master, Team Rocket from Pokemon, Spider-Man, and Batman. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask for Spider-Man or Batman, and I think that that's really cool. But my favorite pick on here is Team Rocket. I would love to see Team Rocket on on, uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, let's see what it, let's read the segment that they said about Team Rocket. Team Rocket from the original Pokemon episodes would work best, I think, as being antagonistic Pokemon trainers. I think Team Rocket would consist of Jesse and James from the original Pokemon series, and they would be able to choose between Weezing, Arbok, and Meowth as fighters. Team Rocket's common phrase, we're blasting off again, would be fun to hear as they are violently smashed out of the screen. That is an awesome, awesome idea. I love that idea. Um, thank you very much for the email, Christian. And I'm getting rated here on, um, oh, Aurora Peachy, one of my favorite streamers of all time is rating me. I'm going to talk about that right after I finish this segment uh, about Smash Brothers. Uh, let's see. Jeremy sent me an email. They said, hi, Bill, here's my top five requests for Smash Brothers probably will never happen, but it would be awesome. The messenger and his echo character uh, would switch between 8 and 16-bit, just like in the game. Um, He says it's a fantastic game that I need to check out. Um, Hollow Knight, another game that I've I've heard very good things about. Frog from Counter Trigger, or Chrono Trigger. A lot of people have been saying Chrono would be really good. And uh, Jeremy here wants to have Frog included. Uh, Kratos from God of War. I think instead they should just have me in the game since I'm bald with a beard, but that's okay. Uh, and then, oh, look at this. Bill from Run, Jump, Stomp. Why not? You deserve it. Thank you very much. And he says, have a happy Thanksgiving. So I appreciate that. Uh, Jordan emailed in top five favorite uh, characters to get into Smash. Banjo-Kazooie. Everybody wants Bando- Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, so I'm not going to go through everything, although I read the email and it's really well written. Andy from Advance Wars. This is something I've not heard anybody suggest. Um, 
we've got advanced or we've got fire emblem stuff out the wazoo we've got tons of fire emblem characters in smash it makes a lot of sense to bring in some advanced wars guys they don't get nearly as much love but if you go back fire emblem was never really super popular until the characters were in smash i feel like this would help resurrect uh the advanced wars franchise and not only that but since we're already on the topic of adding in characters, maybe some of the characters from uh, that Advance Wars clone that I can't think of the name of. What in the heck is that Advance Wars clone? Um, it's by Chucklefish. If anybody in chat knows the name, that would be fantastic. I can't think of it. Let's move on. Uh, Paper Mario. We've talked about this before. Paper Mario would be a fan, uh, an awesome addition to um uh to smash brothers because he's got that two dimensionality and we already know that two dimensional characters work in smash because we've used this guy right here Mr. Game and Watch uh Rex and Pyra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 I think that this would be a great idea especially because Rex could switch between a bunch of different uh not just Rex and Pyra but it, Pyra but it could could be Rex and like some of his other blades and uh, uh, he says, while I'm not as obsessed with the game like many others, I think this would make a unique fire fighter, not fire, uh, although, you know, Pyra's fire. I envision them acting clo loosely like ice climbers. So they've got a different idea than I do uh, with Pyra tethered to Rex, just the way they are in Xenoblade. And in the Xenoblade game, the closer you are together, the stronger your attacks are. And the further they are apart, Rex's attacks get weaker. So if Rex is jumping around and Pyra gets left behind a bit, their red tethered energy line is stretched. Rex's attacks get weaker until she gets close to him again. Just like how the ice climbers can get separated sometimes. Rex's special B moves would be based on his in-game move set, such as Anchor Shot. Anchor Shot would be awesome. Uh, his side B move could hook foes and pull them close to him or could be used as tether recovery. Uh, th those are awesome ideas, Jordan. And then his last one that he suggests is Captain Toad. I don't know how that would work since Captain Toad can't jump. But thank you for the email, sir. Uh, two more quick emails. Uh, this one's really short. Isaac Hayes uh, wrote in. They said, uh, here are my top picks for Smash Fighters. The champions. I can't believe I didn't think of this before. I would love to see uh, Rivali and um, uh, Mifa and... The other two whose names I forget now, I would love to see them. And uh, they suggest that they would be like uh, the Pokemon trainer where you switch between which one at the click of a button. Uh, Paper Mario again. Steve from Minecraft. I've heard a lot of people say Steve from Minecraft. Hollow Knight also. Rex from Xenoblade 2. And a monster from Monster Hunter. Or no, a monster hunter from Monster Hunter. Okay, I could see that. Um, I don't know that those guys really have enough character to to fit. Uh, the last email comes from Matt. Uh, they say, uh, continuing on the Smash wish list, uh, somebody suggests Chrono Trigger. I would like his ultimate attack to be Luminaire. I don't know what that means, um, which would fill the whole stage. Uh, other characters that I would like to see are Vault Boy from Fallout. Uh, I think that's a great idea, especially because of all the little animations that we've seen from them before. Um, 
I'm going to suggest one of the Warframes from Warframe. I don't know that that would work. Like, they don't have real character that I'm aware of. They all kind of look the same. Uh, And then they said, and for somebody completely random, the Android from Android operating system attacking with a smartphone. Keep being awesome, Kodiak. Uh, So thank you, everybody who sent in your ideas for Smash. Keep those coming. I'll keep making uh, segments about it. Um, I think that these are great ideas. I think my favorite out of all of the ones that I just uh, listed was the Team Rocket. I would love to see Team Rocket in Smash Brothers. What do you guys want to see in Smash Brothers? Let me know. Music for today's episode can be found over at runjumpstomp.com slash music. The song of today is by Zircon. It is the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Clash at the Mountains. Make sure that you check out their stuff. Again, that URL is runjumpstomp.com slash music. Don't forget, if you want the full show, you can come watch live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can also feel free to check out my YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash run jump stomp and finally if you're looking to support my content you can easily do so over at runjumpstomp.com slash thank you all the links there help me create more content big thank you to everyone who's already supported you guys are amazing i will see you all well okay don't forget i may not have a show on saturday because i'm on the road but perhaps i will perhaps i won't but i'll see you all next time until then bye bye